0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 313. So it's a bad luck number,
1: this episode
0: that we're talking about this bad luck movie. We'll get into it in a second. We
1: will. Believe me. There will be a lot of Batman versus Superman versus reviewers in, uh, in, a, in a moment.
0: We're, I mean, we're really only talking about one, maybe two movies today.
1: Yeah. That, it's that, not a, so, spo-
0: a Batman Superman spoiler no, no. app. We will uh, do a separate one of those, but there's a lot to discuss.
1: There is a lot to discuss. Yeah. There is so many things to talk about.
0: I got home Sunday night from the movie about 11 o'clock and then was on a two-hour two three hour twitter tirade i just kept writing one offensive j- making fun of this movie after i couldn't stop i had a two i, couldn't hour,
1: stop. I had a headache for two days after watching yeah. this movie yeah i'm just getting it was a it. stress headache
0: it was <laughs> i haven't slept good in two days here's what i did this morning i was making green teas i often mm-hmm. do in the morning and mm-hmm. reached uh for my i have multiple mugs Mm -hmm. I saw the Batman mug and went, nah. (laughs) I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't put green tea that one of our fans, when I, last time I was in Japan, Sanai, Sandy, Mm -hmm. big fan Japan, picked me out some wonderful green tea, loose leaf, Chris. Mm -hmm. Um, And I couldn't do it. I couldn't put that tea in that cup. Wow. Yeah, so it's been trying time for all of us yeah, this weekend. You know,
1: it, so uh, we we have to get uh, to the other side of the tunnel on this one.
0: We really do. You know, like, I, it's bad enough everyone's celebrating this zombie Jesus rising thing, um, and then we got a. You're talking about Superman, <laughs> yes. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Of course, of course. Um, but um, well, let's talk about some good news. Yeah, we got uh, LA Podfest is coming uh-huh. up, and we're we're slowly booking some very very large shows. We got a couple show announcements for you right now. We have booked Welcome to Night Vale. They're yes. going to do an amazing show. We have booked Criminal. Yeah. The first time they will be at the uh, festival. It's going to be awesome. And... Here's the great thing. They will not be releasing their performance as a podcast. So the only way you're going to get to see Criminal live is if you come see them live or you do the live stream. This is it. It's an exclusive to the festival.
0: which is really, really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, So also cashing in with uh, TJ Miller, they're confirmed. Uh, I ran into TJ at the Hollywood Improv. We've been trying to get
1: them back for a while. Yeah,
0: that'll be great. Um, so guys the as we we're doing it a little differently this year world there's only a, a, a finite number of the early bird $99 tickets those are almost gone as soon as those gone the price goes up to 119 and then if those are gone then it goes to 140 or 139 mm-hmm. so the, the $99 ones are almost done so get your tickets it's at lapodfest.com it's September 23rd through the 25th
1: and the discounted uh, hotel rooms are also on sale right
0: yeah now. and we'll put the the live stream will be available probably in the next month or so mm-hmm. we're just finished figuring all that out uh, yep. paywall and everything and then you have a new uh, Kickstarter.
1: yes very excited about this I've been kind of teasing it for the last couple of weeks this is a a graphic novel I've been working on for a very long time it kind of started off as a screenplay was in and out of development with uh production companies and animation houses and i was like you know what no i'm just gonna get it done as a graphic novel and uh the premise was always you know what the kids that go into like narnia and oz and they save the world from the evil there like the witches and the warlocks but then what happens to them when they come back to our world they grow up to be 30 and they end up being jerks so (laughs) and then they have to go back in that world again so that's what the story is. It's called Long Ago and Far Away, and what it is is a kind of like a a take on that kind of world, and somebody going back into that world at thirty, and they kind of make things worse because they're kind of a jerk, but. What I wanted to do is create a beginning, a middle, and end this isn 't like an issue one. This is the full graphic novel, one hundred and forty pages and i 'm really excited about it. got a great artist out of Chile called Fernando pinto been working with him for a long time and it was one of those things too where I wanted to make sure you guys got like a preview of it so you can download like the first fourteen pages of the graphic novel if you go to uh, the Kickstarter page. so you can check it out before you uh, take a look, but please'm uh, asking for your support here. We really, really need it. We need the money, basically, to pay the artists and do the rewards and create the actual graphic novel. But I'm really excited about it. It ended up being a really personal story, too. So I'm really excited to get it out in the world. So uh, check it out, Comedy Film Nerds fans.
0: Do it. (laughs) Um, Speaking of graphic novels that have been uh, created on Kickstarter, let Mm -hmm. us introduce our guests. Uh, First time guests Uh, I've known these guys For a long time One of them I went to college with Yes Um, They have a new film Coming out We'll talk about later But uh, Jay Lender And Micah Wright. Oh hello How you doing
1: (laughs) Good And their their graphic novel Was Duster Which was uh, We actually talked about On the show And it's great We just got it Like uh, a couple months ago Right
2: Yeah Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So how was the Duster Process for you guys It was great. I think
2: Kickstarter sort of shows the way forward for the independent artist to escape the gatekeepers and the tastemakers of this industry, of any industry, who often don't know what the hell they're talking about.
1: (laughs) Very true. And I was the first... Donor to your Kickstarter this yes. morning. It was very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> there, there's already a comment. Um, first motherfucker, it was. <laughs> first comment
2: it was, on the Kickstarter. I was washing dishes and my phone told me Comedy Film Nerds has just launched a Kickstarter. And I thought, what a perfect way to start the day. Yeah. <laughs> to donate to these suckers. Yeah. No, you know, Much guys, appreciated. You guys talked about ours and it was mm-hmm. great. And it, ours was very similar to yours. Duster was a film script that we Mm -hmm. showed to everybody in Hollywood, and they would go, oh, this is so good. It's so good. We'll never make it. And we'd be like, you know those two sentences don't go together, right? Right, It's so good. We'll never make it. And they're like, World War II, it's so so expensive. And we're like, it takes place in Texas in World War II. It still looks like World War II in Texas today.
1: (laughs) And then they would say, yeah,
2: but a female action lead. And what do you say to that other than, oh, okay, so, right. all right, I'll just follow Hollywood's stupid sexist idea that women can't open movies,
0: mm-hmm. which
2: is just wrong and dumb. And we've seen again and again and again that it's not true, but they still hold fast to that idea. Even though
0: Jennifer Lawrence has now become like the highest paid right. actor. Mm-hmm.
2: In, in about <laughs> 10 years or so, she'll be perfect
3: for our movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have Mad Max out this past I year. Right? Yeah. I, I think uh-huh. at this point, if we go around Hollywood and start waving this book under people's noses, they'll finally understand what we were doing. Right. Yeah.
1: It, it's a amazing i remember just when long ago and far away was going pitched as a screenplay it was it was you know it was arnold copelson wanted to produce it and it got to like uh I remember new line and uh, the, the response from the executive because everyone is scared to green light anything was mm-hmm. like i can't put my life on the line for this yeah you know that you know that's like what, what are you doing well, what are you doing so you're so you're running your entire job from a place of fear that's exactly
2: yeah. right that's yeah. what all of hollywood <laughs> operates on is Oh my God, if I say yes to anything, I might lose my job. So therefore I'll say no to everything except for the things that seem like the most absolutely guaranteed biggest possible box office opening mm. weekend nonsense. And, and that always works and then out you, great. Yeah, it works out <laughs> great. Then you get <laughs> Batman versus Superman and you yeah. can't figure out why there was a
0: 55% drop off from Friday's numbers to Sunday's. Um, well, let's also do – I wanted to talk about what what that's cool about Kickstarter is what you guys have done with Duster and what Chris is doing is it does give you as a screenwriter, then you can very much have this awesome proof of concept. It's an easier sell, I would imagine, to walk in and go, here's this graphic novel. Look at it. Let's make this into a movie, especially now that from a financial standpoint, they are buying – like – all these TV shows, all these movies have now started to, to happen with that. Is that sort of the strategy now with Duster in terms yeah, of?
3: Yeah, not only is it sort of less work to just riffle the pages and see, oh, look, something blows up on page 15. This is exactly what we do in our <laughs> movies all the time. But um, they, can, they can see this thing and feel like it's sort of pre-sold. Look, it's, it's already a book. Someone has already taken a chance on this. It's not just us leaping out into the void. Yeah, right. it takes away that fear thing because they go, well, it was,
2: somebody printed it as a book. Right, yeah, that's what they say to their so dad.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, even the, but yeah, and the, but you, you, it is also just you have you can say this many people bought it. We raised right. this much money because that's the thing I'm learning now. Um, I'm, I'm a friend of mine from high school came to me and has like a, a TV show idea and wants to put me in it. And he's like, you know, he's butting heads against some traditional network people. And I said, we're not, we don't, we kind of want to go to them we need to go to the netflix and hulu and right. amazon because
1: unless you have one of the three showrunners that every network wants right yeah. yeah
0: but then with them i said we i can we can give them now it's all just data you just give them the stats give them the downloads the buys right. the tweets yep. the whatever you give them that those numbers and then they go oh mm-hmm because that's the only language that makes sense of them because they're not creative people. Yeah. It no. took me right.
3: 20 years in this business to finally understand that my job when I'm pitching someone is not to give them a great idea that's going to make a great product. It's to help them cover their asses Yeah. if it doesn't work. So you go in. You give them the examples. This is who liked our book. This is how many we sold. You're going to be safe if you say, let's make this movie. Don't right. worry. If, it all, if all the right. shit hits the fan, you're going to be okay. And then they're ready to do anything. Yeah. 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 That
2: and talent attachment, that was the other yeah. thing that was like a mystery to me. I was like, oh, well, when the executives like the idea, they show it to the talent, and then the talent signs on, and then something gets made, and then, no, it's the other way around. Jennifer Lawrence sees your script, and she says, this is what I want to make, and Sony goes, oh, that piece of shit I hated last week? Oh, I love it now, Jennifer, yeah. now that you <laughs> like it, Because- yeah again it's just another layer of don't fire me Jennifer said she wanted to do it yeah, it's not my fault exactly they always need to have someone else to blame
1: now I will say from a creative perspective I was a little afraid to because I'd never done a comic before of converting it from like a screenplay to a, um, a graphic novel but as a director I realized that it was just like storyboarding and, and I, I after I got over that initial fear of like because I'd never done it before it was really fun because you can move panels around it, it's like the best way to to really visualize the project i'm like okay well that panel doesn't work there Now make it bigger or it was really fun so
0: and that's the other thing too if when now everyone is sort of going into with <clears throat> i'm going to make a graphic novel and eventually i want to put this on screen so now you are thinking down the road that that you are just doing a really nice slick pretty storyboard <laughs> right for when mm-hmm. you when you shoot this live yeah. action
1: because this is, you know, as a screenplay, this was between one and two hundred million dollars. This is like, you know, a comedy, Lord of the Rings. Right. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a bit of an ask.
3: Yeah, it gets you mm-hmm. part of the way to a movie. I think the, the big difference between the comic book and the storyboard is that when you do the storyboard, if you need twenty drawings to describe how someone's going to throw a baseball, right. you do twenty drawings. <laughs> but in the comic book, you have to be super select. You have to be super selective. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, uh, well, you know a lot about storyboards and animation because
3: you've worked on Phineas and Ferb for how many years? Well, I was on Phineas for about four years, and I've mm-hmm. been off it for three. Mm-hmm. Is it still on? It's Well, it's still on. There are no new episodes, and mm-hmm. I think they may have one or two little things that are still banked to mm-hmm. come out. I'm not really sure, because I've just been out of it for a while.
1: Because animation, it's one of those things where it, they stop production, but new episodes keep yeah. running, because it takes so long to
0: actually uh, isn't that how you, Didn't you guys meet at Nickelodeon?
2: Yeah, we met at Nickelodeon in 1995, I think. Um, I started there, and Jay was working on one of the shows there, and Angry Beavers. Uh, I was working on Angry Beavers, and Jay was working on Hey Arnold. Oh, cool! And we just we met in the lunchroom and recognized each other as sour, bitter creeps who <laughs> hated the world and became best of friends.
0: <laughs> this is the sour, bitter creep. So it was friends.
1: a it was a meet ugly, yeah, <laughs> something like
2: that. No, it's just you know you recognize somebody who has um, a similar. Take on the world. You two mm. met somewhere, and you became partners. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah. When you you recognize that this person's skill set complements your own, and that you guys think each other are funny, and and that we're the only people who can tolerate the
3: other one. <laughs> 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 no one else wants to work with me, and no one wants to work with Mike. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, exactly. So,
2: um, and you know, the other thing that's great about Kickstarter, just to dial it back for one second, mm. is that by doing it as a book first, you actually preserve far more rights and far more power when yeah. it comes time to make the movie because you are the author whom they can only license that work from they if they want to purchase it outright it costs them so much more than if you wrote a film script because if you wrote a film script it's like ah, we'll give you wga minimum for it one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and you're like oh okay great if if it's a book like suddenly you're talking about licensing and then you're talking about you're you can or negotiate a deal to be kept in the loop on everything. I mean, J.K. Rowling is the richest person in England, richer even than their queen, who has a thousand years worth of money accumulation behind her, because she was like, nah, I'm not gonna sell you this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna and she controls everything. Right? I had a friend. Yeah, I had a Mm -hmm. friend who who worked whose only job eight hours a day, five days a week, was to approve the toys through J.K. Rowling's lawyer and all the spinoff merchandise. And she had kill power over everything. Wow.
1: Wow. Oh, oh yeah. It's so controlled. I I had a friend that worked at uh, Universal, and he said all the shirts had to go back because they're opening the new Harry Potter world Uh uh, there because there was like, I think the shirt manufacturer's tag was on there. It was like, well, no, you can't have any other brand on the shirt. So they all had to go
0: back. Wow. <laughs> I want to start doing that. act yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like lunatics yeah. to do that.
2: And, and, and by go back, what you mean is go to Africa. They just yeah. they just dump all of those yeah. shirts in
0: Africa. Oh, it's where that's where they're all the like, uh, you know, Carolina Panthers Super Bowl champion shirts. <laughs> <Exactly>. Like anyone, <laughs> like exactly. Mitt Romney, your president for 2012. <laughs> Like
2: <laughs> McCain presidency. Yeah, that,
0: that's great. Um, all right, well. So let's, you want to get started? I think we procrastinated long okay, enough. Okay, let's talk
1: about Batman versus Superman. Perhaps we should let our <laughs> guest go first.
2: Well, I would like to say that I saw this last night, and I walked into it with the world's lowest expectations, and <laughs> I did not think it was the worst movie on Earth I'd ever seen, but I also did not like a single second of it. <laughs> What are these movies
3: you're watching? Well, there's
2: other worse movies out there. I'd be hard-pressed to tell you any off the top of my head. But I, I just think it starts out wrong at the very first moment. I don't think I'm ruining anything by saying what happens in the first scene. It's the typical Batman origin story where Batman as a young child and his mom and dad are going through the alleyway and they're confronted by a guy with a gun. Only this time they put this clever spin on it where instead of like the last 70 years, Thomas Wayne is like, I must defend my family, and pushes his kid and his wife behind him and then takes a bullet valiantly for them, he attacks a guy with a gun. Right. He attacks a mugger, thereby inviting his own death and the death of his wife. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're just going to start out by getting a fundamental part of the Batman story wrong. We're just going to start The most there.
0: important part of the Batman yes. story. it is Batman the
2: foundational stories. base upon which he's based on. And then... We're just going to continue down that path. My mom and dad were killed what? with a gun. Therefore, I'm going to use
0: guns a lot and kill a lot that of people. That was the thing that drove me goddamn crazy. Yeah, Bat Murderer and Super Murderer. I, I can't even. But in a way, he's he's
3: following Dad's example. This is the new origin for the new Batman, who's going out to attack and murder people. Right. I like suppose that's Dad. true. Yeah, I guess uh, that's
1: true. Uh, I, I like to dial it back one uh, second because I actually this film reminded me of a quote from a fish called Wanda, and I'm going to I'm going to make I'm going to make a very uh, uh, unusual oh. connection here. Um, Zack Snyder doesn't understand. One piece of this mythology at all. No, not the characters, not the storylines, not the uh, motivations, nothing. And he said constantly in interviews, well, I'm a big comic book guy. Okay. He's a big comic book. Reads a lot of comic books. I remember the f- quote from um, A Fish Called Wanda with uh, Kevin Kline. And they were arguing with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. And he goes, apes don't understand philosophy. And Wanda goes, yes, they do, Otto. They just don't understand it. And you can read as many comic books as you want, Zack Snyder. Right. You will never understand right. one of them. Well, and,
0: that's what this whole movie was. I feel like it was a bunch of, like, you know, like CrossFit bros <laughs> going, let's fucking, I get, I love Batman. I, he's the best, you yeah. know. We'll put machine guns on the Batwing. Get to the fight.
1: The, the whole movie was get to the fight. Get to the fighting. Get to the fighting. Well, I don't think it was. I was like,
2: oh, my God, could you please just get to the phone? <laughs> It was It was like an hour and a half of, like, people standing around glowering at one another and, like, Jesse Eisenberg, who I loved in the social network, like, turning that role up to, like, 11 – and <laughs> the weird noises he would throw into his line readings. Oh, yes. so, <laughs> I'm Superman. Like I was just actors. like, oh,
1: I'm gonna just now, strangle this character. And I don't, I don't blame any of the actors
2: for it's this Exactly. Yeah. It's,
0: it's all, it's all the because direction because the write the two writers are the guys who wrote Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises, and Argo. Like, yeah, and Argo. How did they like this? Christopher Nolan's attached to this movie, like oh a, yeah, I'm all.
1: sure if he could have taken his name off, he would have. Oh my and the only God. reason he's well, attached well, no, he wouldn't because he gets a lot of money.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if he could change it to Alan Smithy and still get mm. the check, yeah. <laughs> and the reason is is because he was executive producer of Man and Steel, and because technically this is like a sequel to it. Um, you know, the, part of the deal is you get a credit on the next the next
0: film. I want to. I go back to the gun thing real quick cuz one of our uh guys who works for us Ben Tahia, I I put a post on mm-hmm. so this is sort of a fan feedback section uh, about the guns thing is bullshit and he found this article that's not a bad article um on cinema blend and it, it it comes what the contention of this article is is this particular batman is just too broken and too damaged there's that line in the voice says 20 years in gotham how many guys good guys are left how many stayed that way uh, so, you know, Robin's not around. He's just this old, haggard, brutal guy. But, okay, that just goes to In his this, 40s. In his 40s. That's just... <laughs> yeah, and Alfred's like, what, seven years older yeah. than him? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, oh, how about the, uh, the scene where they were at the party and... Um, uh superman or i should say clark kent calls batman's son hey son you better watch like, what how what age are you guys pretending to I, to be it, you know <laughs> apart from well,
0: the, each the other The thing that's such a what's the problem is it, it's it shows like christopher nolan was so skilled at taking certain elements from source material from batman year one yes. from the dark knight graphic novel and Zack Snyder is really skilled at, at ignoring them or, or taking them and just sort of like sticking them on like a post-it note yeah,
2: using right. them out of context. I yeah. felt like he really wanted to make The Miracle Man movie
1: or Watchmen. He was making Watchmen again.
2: Well, that's I mean, it's, yeah. it's Alan Moore. It's the it's the Alan Moore Superman mm. movie or just Superman comic right. from the 1980s where literally there is a, a battle between super, two super people who and they kill the entire city of London. Right. It just everybody and I felt like that's what Man of Steel was. And I felt like again the same sort of things were were imposed on this story of Batman versus Superman. That it just didn't the, the source material it doesn't it doesn't ring true.
1: And it grabbed from so many different source materials, but every time it grabbed from source material, it didn't understand it. Like you you no. were grabbing from Dark Knight Returns, you're grabbing from Death of Superman, you're grabbing from all these great story arcs. And just, you know, shoehorning them in and glossing over everything that made them great. Yeah. But I, I want to say one thing about the Batman guns thing, too, because it's ridiculous. And uh, Zack Snyder responded in an interview, and he actually said that, well, you know, when Batman's in his vehicles and he's shooting people and the other vehicles are blowing up, it's more like manslaughter. It's not really murder. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, That's the line that you're, uh, you, you're differentiating? Wow, that's booking like a true sociopath. Well, the, he, ex- he
2: also said that it was okay for him to shoot Jimmy Olsen in the head one minute into the movie because, you know, there's just went out room for Jimmy Olsen in this Superman universe. I was like,
3: what? I mean, you realize that's Jimmy Olsen. He right. gets shot in the face. I was like, okay. Well, DC used to do this in the comic books where they would say, wouldn't it be cool if Batman and Superman had a knockdown drag out fight and destroyed everything? But they would stamp Elseworlds on the cover of the comic <laughs> to let you know this doesn't count. And why you would want to put $350 million or whatever it is behind an Elseworlds movie that doesn't count, it's insane to me because people don't necessarily know who Superman is anymore, really. Even, this uh, is it. This is their idea.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even Neil brought up is like, well, now you have like you're pulling from the Dark Knights of Batman's already been around for a while. He's aged and he's, uh, he's bitter. And now we're going to found the Justice yeah. League? This <laughs> is now why we're starting. <laughs> <laughs> this because now you have a everyone else is going to be younger and then you're going to have a middle-aged Batman so you, you have this, all these weird this is things.
2: why this fight doesn't make sense in this movie at all at it all. makes at sense all. in The Dark Knight Rises because those characters have known each other for
0: 30 yes. years
2: and he's like I'm sick of you Clark I'm sick of you taking orders and doing what the government well, says right. in the
0: graphic novel it's so Had great it's so graphic,
1: much more meaning
0: because it is 20 years down the road Bruce Wayne is like 60 yeah um the 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 um, outlawing of of cape crusaders has already happened.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Superman's the only one they allow, and they paint Superman as the he calls him the Boy Scout. He's just Reagan's lackey, right. you know. And so, and and you and Clark Kent has these great lines, uh, or Superman has these great lines like, "Oh, Bruce, you're holy war. You were right." because mm-hmm. of course Bruce you know the Batman at the at the trials they refer to it just was like yeah I'll, you know he's because yeah. he's mean and angry Diana and jaded. went back
1: to her people Hal went back to the stars everyone else is gone everyone and I, it was such an amazing it ripped off Ollie's arm right
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the conclusion to 50 years of yes. comics it's right. not yeah. the basis of anything right this
1: fight forward. was based on a misunderstanding so it was basically a Superhero 3's company episode is why they were fighting
3: <laughs> and it's who's <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. it's, the Mr. Roper
1: by the way Oh. oh, Alfred. Alfred was missing. That was the Alfred. dumbest <laughs>
0: Alfred-Batman relationship I've ever seen in my goddamn life.
1: Oh, you know what? I'm really glad. Before we, this podcast, I did a um, an episode with C.J. Johnson for Australia Broadcasting Company, and I got a lot of the ranting out, and I feel kind of better about it now. So now that we're – I feel like this is almost like PTSD from seeing the movie. <laughs> <Now> we're, <laughs> we're bringing up all this other stuff. I, one of the points that I made on that podcast was that uh, – The Alfred-Batman relationship, and again, another thing Zack Snyder simply doesn't understand. Um, Alfred is not Q. He is not a mechanic. He is actually Bruce Wayne's surrogate father. Right. He raised him. He's a merchant. Yeah. he's uh, On the surface, he's a servant. He's the butler. However, what he really is is the surrogate parent figure for Bruce Wayne. And
0: in the comics, and they did it in the the Gotham TV series, although that shows off the rails, but they alluded to it in – the Dark Knight movie with Michael Kane that Alfred comes from like some type of military background. Yes, like he's uh-huh. no candy ass, and mm-hmm. and he's not just Jeremy Irons, who's like a couple wine glasses in, like wow, well, mashed away, and like yeah. what?
1: Let Are me you... fix your Batmobile for oh, you. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> it
0: was like, and
1: it was no reason to be in the movie at all. Oh, there's no, there is you know. Well, he was you just, just there the for
2: to bounce smart smarm off of, right? Mm-hmm. And for him to bounce snarky comments back, right? And thinking that I mean, and, and and like you say, he's supposed to be the conscience. Instead, he's just the guy who's like, "Hey, eh, you're doing this wrong." And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. "All right, thanks for the advice." Right?
0: Mm-hmm. Remember the great conscience? Go fix Mike, my car. That Michael Caine had. Yeah. That right. was such a great mm-hmm. dynamic. You know, like, he was, like, like, when are you going to, you're going to kill yourself. Like, you got to stop doing, the whole goal, he refers in Dark Knight Rises, like, the whole goal was so that you don't need to do this anymore.
1: And Lucius Fox was the same way. It was more developed where you have these characters surrounding Batman that are the conscience and uh, they believe in what he's doing, but at the same time, they're critical of it as well. Um, So it's, everything was just missed. Everything was a missed opportunity. I mean, I really feel like, again, I don't blame any of the actors. Um, ben Affleck did the best he could for mm-hmm. with what he had to deal with. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Now, here's I really thought that was a missed opportunity. There was well, somewhere Lex where... Lex Luthor's son. Where I really... What to fucking shut up? Uh, I really like... thought there would have been something there that we could grab to... There was hints of it. Because if you're going to have a Lex Luthor in the modern age, he would totally be a Facebook owner or a tech, you know, mogul, sure. And he would be rich, and he would be powerful. And... Um, when he wouldn't be asking a senator, like, hey, could I have an import license? When you realize, oh, well, you're just going to no. bring it in anyway, whatever it is that you're right. smuggling. Uh, why would you bother asking? This is another extraneous scene that shouldn't exist in this film. But here's the thing about Lex Luthor, again, with they missed the mark. You have um, a very calculated, smart, basically a genius supervillain. He can be psychotic, he can kill people, He can be de- that's absolutely fine, but then... You have the Gotham problem, where every hero is just a weird, psychotic killer, and you've lost the genius, you've lost the calculation, you've lost everything that makes Luther interesting uh, in this movie. So now you just have basically a sketch character trying to play Lex Luthor. I I think
2: there's a bigger—the fundamental problem, and I haven't seen many reviews discuss this— the fundamental problem with this film is that it's really Lex Luthor's film. He is the protagonist. He has a plan. He executes the plan. He accomplishes his mission and he wins the day. He is the hero of this film. He gets everything he wanted. He's the hero of the movie. And I thought to myself... Well, congratulations! You don't understand at all what you're doing. You don't understand story. You don't understand character, and your bad guy just won. Well, the,
0: mm-hmm. the thing that's also the one element of this movie that was that was interesting to me um, was the: Hey, if an actual alien from another planet came here and had superpowers, and we couldn't kill him, like. What how would the governments react? All those great interviews with Neil deGrasse Tyson and stuff like that, I was like, Wow man, this is so intriguing. And that was again from the, the 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 Dark Knight graphic novel of there's that scene where people don't want to be reminded that giants walk the earth and you saw Superman when he's like right. lifting up a rocket or whatever because they're fighting the Soviets in, but, in the graphic. Know, no, but, but.
1: He didn't get as much Christ imagery as Batman did in this one.
0: Oh, God. <laughs>
3: That's a great story, but why do you want to burden that really nice, simple story with all of the bullshit that comes with the DC universe? I mean, you have to right. service Batman and Alfred and Lex Luthor and all that stuff. Cyborg, a- like Aquaman, Wonder Woman, the
1: oh, it's, Flash. It's great that we got a bunch of trailers in the middle of the movie. That was in the fantastic. Middle. To, I yeah. expected
2: it to be like the way Marvel does it. It's all wrapped up at the end and you right. see a bunch of video clips. And it, No, just right, we're just going to take a 10-minute deviation to show you all these other superheroes. Yeah. Just,
1: and everyone already has a logo. That was my favorite part. <laughs> you know, The logos were all in All the designed movie.
2: by Lex Luthor, yeah, again, part yeah. of yeah. his plan to yeah. create
1: the it's, Justice League. Yeah, it's, <laughs> to, it's to make sure everyone had a logo. Uh, and you know, they would just click on each one. You got a, um, you got a little uh, trailer for each upcoming character. My favorite one was Aquaman because they didn't shoot it properly. And the actor is trying desperately uh, not to make it look like he's holding his breath.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> is this the right time for me to disclose the fact that I have not seen this movie yet? <laughs> it's,
0: it's okay. So yeah. You don't see it. Here's, here's yeah. the
3: thing. The thing with me is that I don't like the way Batman and Superman are being portrayed at all. And the idea that I'm supposed to pick who's going to be the winner and root for someone in a fight between a demigod and a fascist. The only thing that makes me <laughs> sicker than that is the idea that at the end of this fight, those two guys might be on the same team. What do we do then? You know? and, 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 and by the way, the resolution of this fight, I'm
2: not going to ruin it, but the one word resolution where is he goes, the
0: "Dumbest!" oh,
2: you said that magic word? Oh, like, okay, let's stop fighting. Yeah,
0: that, that I can't even. I, we'll, I, that's we'll, we'll, we're get, gonna, we'll get through that. Just my we were rolling I, in my yeah, head
1: so
2: fast.
0: I saw this movie. At one of my food theaters that I love, the comfortable seats. It
1: was bound to happen sooner or later. Even food theater couldn't soften couldn't the blow of couldn't this save film.
0: this movie. So, <laughs> the, you know, I'm eating nice food. I'm on a reclining chair, and I was just like, "You kind of fucking be kidding me," and like. uh, my girlfriend and I were just, by the end, we just kept looking at each other. The last half of the movie, we just kept God, what the fuck was that? And what was that? And then just the car ride home was like, how oh, the fuck? It was just two people just going, what? <laughs>
2: the guy in the seat next to me got up and walked out halfway through. And about 20 minutes later,
0: I was like, oh, I should have just
2: followed him. I yeah. wish I had that kind of courage. I wish
0: I had, because here's the thing, and, and, and this is something that so many people said, like, why would they make this movie? I tell you why. Because we'll all go see it. We're yep. the goddamn uh-huh. suckers. We are the ones to blame. And
1: they want that Marvel money of all the, you know, everything connected with the universes. Uh,
2: most pre-sold movies ever in the history of mankind. Most pre-sold movie tickets. But from Friday to Sunday, a 55% drop in ticket sales.
0: Oh, yeah, because the word got out. Word mm-hmm. got
2: out. And I, we went through this in, like, 1996 or whenever when Batman and Robin came out. Yeah. I saw, in Variety, because that was my job, I answered my boss's phone. I just started in Hollywood. I answered her phone, and when I wasn't answering her phone, I would just read the trades. And I saw there was a a quote from the head of Warner Brothers Distribution the weekend that Batman and Robin opened. It was the biggest money-making weekend ever on history, and the head of Warner Brothers Distribution goes, man, this just goes to show the audiences are hungry for Batman. Everyone loves Batman. Our movie's the best, because it made the most money. And then the next week, that film dropped off by 70, 75% or so. And the same Warner Brothers executive was quoted. And he said, well, this just goes to show that audiences are sick of Batman. <laughs> and I said to myself, oh yeah, anything but admit that maybe you made a bad Batman. Right,
0: movie. no, that's- And know, that's what that. drives me crazy. And yeah. this is the thing too, like we, 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 you know, we've been starting to get some more inside info and the, I guess the Warner execs gave this film a standing ovation after a private screening. <laughs> Like, and this is, goes back to the conversation we were having at the top of this show about Kickstarter and empowering artists. We just well, got- Well,
1: maybe it was Disney execs that gave it a standing ovation.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm interested to hear that because I have a friend who is, um, uh, you know, a low-level guy over at Warner Brothers right now. And he went to an internal employee screening. And he said that afterwards, it was just dead quiet and everyone just silently got up and filed out.
1: That makes Ooh. more sense. <laughs> Which, but I can,
2: but no, it makes more sense for if you're being realistic about it. But if right. you're an executive who can't admit that you've ever done anything wrong, right. you would be for sure
1: like jitting up and going, Yeah, look oh, how yeah. great we are. Yeah, the all the executives that uh, greenlit it are the ones,
0: yeah, of the course Yeah. <laughs> Because initially the studio wanted Tom Hanks to play Lex Luthor after they saw Cloud Atlas.
1: Well, there's nothing about that sentence that makes sense to me. A- on any level. Well,
2: yeah. Well, the first part about that is, who saw Cloud Atlas? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is Cloud Atlas
0: something
3: that gets you offers of work? Right, right, exactly.
0: <laughs> and, and also, and, Tom Hanks, like, really? Like, how quickly did Tom, I mean, like... That's that's the that's out of all of Tom Hanks's films, that's the one where you go. You know what? This Tom Hanks guy actually is not
3: bad. He's going to be something. Yeah,
0: I, I we wait, wait, let's take a gamble
1: on the Hanks guy. We should bring him in for an audition.
0: Yeah, oh. <laughs> fax him some sides. Yeah.
2: Can you imagine the the auditions that they held for this role? No, I can't. I mean, <laughs> I can't even like this. Like, oh, you know what? Uh, You know, we've seen Lex Luthor played as a bumbling stooge. And we've seen him played by Kevin Spacey as a calculating, you know, business creep, murderer... Let's get a twitchy weirdo who, who makes little weird
0: noises when he's good. and is overacting in oh, every, every goddamn scene. scene. That
2: scene where he gives the speech at the opening of the of the Metropolis Library right. Party, yeah. and he's just like, mm, uh, and uh, oh, the, mm, there's people who uh, if you don't have knowledge and you don't have power, and he's just ranting like a lunatic. And I'm sitting there watching it, thinking, you know, I don't know that I believe that anybody would give this guy money.
1: To become a billionaire, you know.
0: uh, it's just—it's like. Uh, it's, well, you know, it
1: makes more sense to me now that uh he, um you know, he treated Mercy Graves the same way Jimmy Olsen got treated, who was also Lex Luthor's huge confidant right. and bodyguard, and and like so, it, it there was there it was just like you know what it felt like too. There's so it was much just,
2: murder in this film, right? But,
1: but it's also like it was—it's so random and unnecessary. Like you're just picking names out of the canon out, out of a hat and like all right we'll just put that there kill that person there kill that person there and you know we don't need i well what's the character's name we don't need any story on them just put the character's just, name in there
0: what the fuck was one i mean i don't one she, woman was
1: there for no reason for no reason to, at all uh, prom, the same thing with the trailers just to promote you know the upcoming movies i now, mean
0: honestly i don't want to get in because she was mainly in the end of the movie so right. i don't want to spoil that but it's really she's mainly in in cute dresses. And yes. then at the end, for no reason.
1: Now, this this movie is still making a lot of money. However, the other thing I was reading about it, too, is even though it's making hundreds of millions of dollars, they said if when they added up the budget of the film, all the marketing, all the worldwide global marketing, it needs to hit a billion dollars to break even. That's the projections. I don't think it will. I can't. Now, the interesting thing is, I'm sure in the um, bowels of Warner Brothers, they were thinking, well, it doesn't really have to make that because... We're setting up this universe and all of these subsequent films. This is going to fuel them all. But what if your first film's shitty? Then well, it's, going, also, it's going to hurt them. the other ones
0: coming down they, the road. They, they, it's anyone I'm excited for Suicide
1: to- Squad now.
3: I yeah. can't wait to see Suicide Squad. Well, you know Squad. they've got to be pulling the budgets down for all of those upcoming movies right now. They've yeah. got to be saying, "Let's shave 20% off this well, one."
1: What I don't understand is why isn't Zack Snyder and his wife getting fired like right now? Why, 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 is he still that, getting why hasn't Why isn't that
0: happened yet? Like is he the well, new fucking Michael Bay? Like what the is, fuck Well, is he like
2: that? It, I I'm going to I'm going to mention something that shows that he is the new Michael Bay in a specific way, which is, you know, the last Superman movie cost, you know, 250 million dollars or so. This one supposedly cost somewhere around 400 hundred. Four, Really? That's, the, that's the rumor wow. that's out there. But all of that first Man of Steel movie was paid for with um, product placement and with commercial tie-ins. Before they sold a single movie ticket, they had already reimbursed their entire filming expense from Subway commercials sure. and Toys? Subway tie-in. There's a reason that Clark Kent fights... General Zod in Sears, and then like picks up a like Sears Craftsman wrench and hits him in the yeah. face with it, and then like why they, the IHOP they go, is still standing? Why the IHOP is still standing, and why they fight in front of the subway, and and on and on and on. And in this film again, there's at the beginning of the film they flash back to Superman and Zod's fight scene from Man of Steel right. from a ground level perspective, and you see Batman going, "Oh my God, look at all this chaos around me," as dressed as Clark Kent, and. Then he gets in a Jeep. This is Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne gets in a Jeep and then has an exciting 15-minute chase scene through a city in a Jeep in an extended television commercial for a Jeep. Uh, A commercial, a a car, which they are simultaneously on TV in 30-second ads selling with a tie-in to Batman and Superman. And I was just sitting there watching it going, well, I hope you sell a lot of Jeeps because this is the most boring sequence I've ever seen. It's a guy driving through streets. And
1: Bruce Wayne wouldn't be in a Jeep, ever. And Bruce Wayne, <laughs> well, yeah, well, there you go. There's that problem as well. But Even if he was stealing a car, he would find like an Aston Martin. Yeah, he, he's gonna he steal a it,
2: Tesla. He, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and I have to say that just thinking back on that scene, it's essentially, it's again, it's more of this, nine, this Hollywood's obsession with nine, exploiting 9-11 imagery. And watching that battle scene from Man of Steel from a ground-level human perspective and watching these two super freaks tear apart that city and millions of people die mm-hmm. from a ground-level perspective. Because the first movie, you're up and you're, you're over Superman's shoulder and you're watching yeah. them fight and you're into that from that point of view. Watching it from the ground level as buildings collapse and knowing that there's tens of thousands of people in each one of them, I was on Batman's side. I was like, kill him. Absolutely, you've got to kill him. You can't let something like that. I don't care if his buddy came here from another planet and that's why that fight happened. He didn't take it out of the city. So Batman's right in this film. Right. Superman has to be killed. He's a maniac who killed millions of people in that first film. And I'm sorry, he's, there's a stupid line in there where he's like, if there's even a 1% chance that he's not on our side, we have to take it as an absolute certitude and kill him. And I was like, yeah, go for it, Batman. I mean, I don't like you. You're a murderer too, but... (laughs)
3: We'll take care of you after. Yeah, you've done yeah. You're
2: you're far easier to murder than than Superman is. So, we'll, yeah, we'll get you later. Also, it, it I think it's really amazing how they didn't even bother to try to explain how it is that Lex Luthor knows who both Batman and Superman's secret identities are.
0: Oh and God! When, it's like the whole t- both towns and are just Metropolis and Gotham are across the bay from each other. And
2: yeah, well, right. yeah, it's like Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yeah, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, they're literally they're like five miles from one another. And I just kept thinking to myself, I, I don't believe in. A, for a moment, that that was ever the the, the geography of the DC universe, mm-hmm. where you could look out from a tall building in Metropolis and see Gotham on the other right. side of the river, I, and go, "Look at that rat hole! <laughs> I, just, I don't believe it."
0: I think, I think, I think early on. Um, now they've in some episode. I, I know some people have emailed and said that they're. You know they've kind of given some geography to these cities or whatever. They're not across the bay from each other. I think early on in the DC world, seventy years ago, they were like, "Well, this is Manhattan and this is Chicago." Yeah. You know, this is what they're modeled after, and mm-hmm. so geographically, are are they the same? Low ones in the Midwest, ones in the East Coast, maybe, but they're not across the fucking bay right. from each other. You know,
1: Star City, <laughs> they're all. You know, there's they're some distance. Yeah, well, like, it would. It would be the like Flash can get there. It
0: yeah. would be like
2: here in Los Angeles you look over and you see Santa Monica, and it's like a crime-filled rat hole. And everyone's like, man, look at that, that's cool. We're still part of the same city because it's the extended, there's no real difference between Santa Monica and Los Angeles other than some legal distinction. There's no difference between Metropolis and Gotham City. It would be just one big giant city. Right. Like like Minneapolis-St. Paul is, essentially. You wouldn't be like, oh, that's a different place, and they're all rotten over there. 5 miles away. Yeah. Like it just it's just ludicrous. It's no, bonkers. It, you would never put up with a city that was that corrupt that close to a city that's as clean as Metropolis is. is they, yeah, they say.
1: wouldn't they wouldn't be that close, but it's well, I, I'll tell you there is a bunch of things too like this is just goes from a directing perspective. Now, I think Zack Snyder got very lucky with 300 because ultimately 300 was would put him on the map. It's a very visual stylized movie, but it's also a very light uh project on story it's literally it's like a black hawk down with spartans it's it really came at it, it's the a right long, time it came at the right time it's a long fight sequence but it's a good movie it was well put together it made sense so when you apply all of those things to any subsequent movie it falls apart well, like, like it's a very here's
0: part of the problem though why why 300 was successful and why this one wasn't 300 was not the most iconic
1: right. <laughs> two they, people ever. Yeah. It was one book, and this is the only place you saw them. This is the only, And right. like,
0: how many people, I mean, there's far many more people heard about 300 for the first time in the movie. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, it was sort of, a, oh, if you're a comic book collector, mm-hmm. if you're a graphic novel person, okay, you knew. But you didn't, you didn't, you've never seen 300 anywhere yeah. else. Maybe you knew the story. And so it also, so he had one piece of source material. Right.
1: And if you read the graphic novel, it's like, well, there's some liberties that should be taken for sure. And and (laughs) if you're a history
2: nerd, you go, well, it was really the Athenian Navy that won that war. (laughs) And then, I'll give it to them, the sequel film. They were like, yeah, it was really the Athenian Navy that won the war. Yeah. I was like, congratulations. You got rid of my big objection to this movie. The sequel
0: was good, too. Yeah, And the other thing, too, what he did was he took this graphic novel uh, about a historical event, and we've never seen that type of uh, historical era depicted the way he did. He yes, took a very exactly. new, interesting, and you're like, wow. Right. And it wasn't pre-sold. I right, I mean, no.
3: comic nerds knew what 300 was. It was, was violence no and shiny pecs. Right, so you have to be working at, at, you know, the top of your game when you make a movie like that. Yes. When you're making Batman versus Superman, you've got two characters that everybody knows, and everyone knows the theaters are going to be packed, and they were packed. So, you know, you get to indulge yourself and put whatever now, garbage on screen you want. And, and
1: one of the things, too, is when you have that style of filmmaking, it's very stylized. It's very visual. And if you're constantly throwing the audience uh, a stylized vision that has all these things, you know, slow motion and, you know, different color saturation and things blowing up, what happens is there is no possible way the audience can make an emotional connection with the characters. His,
0: the, the, you can't the, the, the do CG it. CG looked crappy. I yeah. felt like I was watching Sucker Punch. The whole time, like honestly, yeah. which which Sucker Punch was was cool looking because it was supposed to look like this very stylized. It's a dream within a dream. Exactly, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah. Like, and it, the was, same, it was okay. It was okay. The same yeah. thing with Watchmen. How, how why I liked Watchmen story wise,
1: it fell apart, but visually, right. I know what you're saying. But, yeah. but
0: Watchmen again, he had one. He had those ten books that he had to kind of stick to. And after watching it, where several did he get times, the extra ones? Well, uh, how many? It was, was, it it was it six? twelve. It was it 12, 12, twelve. Twelve
2: issues. 12 issues. The real problem with Watchmen oh, right. <clears throat> was that he eliminated the human and level perspective on, the, on, on those characters, which is what that book was all about. And right. by doing that, you made it simply a story about Zeus and Minerva right. and, and Hera having arguments amongst themselves, and you took away the human connection altogether. I think that I don't. I don't like the Watchmen movie because they do that. I love the book, but I don't like the movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I didn't have a. But the reason I didn't have a problem with it is 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 um, something Len Wein said, I think, who worked on. Mm-hmm. He goes, "They're just different. They're different um, mediums. They're just different. It's not going to be like the graphic now. It's a different thing. Except it is a different thing." And I went, "Oh, okay." So then I kind of I kind of liked it. But even then, you can find a lot of holes with this. The problem with this is, as we said earlier, he's taking from like 500 pieces of source material and he's just cherry picking this thing and this thing and this thing and then it visually looked dumb The the great thing about the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight movies you felt like if these guys actually existed this might be what it what would they be like, like. You know what, what I mean? The would Joker act. would be some guy with no fingerprints, with mm-hmm. crazy sc- like what the fuck? Who and, is and, he?
1: And this is the uh, the the very simple formula that should be followed with any superhero movie. That
0: goddamn you Batmobile can... looked like that stupid Dodge, yeah. that <laughs> hot rod Dodge that they sell. <laughs> it, it was that was the uh, you know most unbelievable somebody, Batmobile i you know ever seen.
1: Go, you know, people are going into the dealer and goes, "Hey, could I get the machine guns on this?" It's, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think one of the things too is what we're talking about is. Uh, the Christopher Nolan did, you can change details. You can change canon. You can change all these things when you move from medium to medium, but that's perfectly fine. What you can't change is the DNA of the characters, and that's yeah. exactly what the problem is. Super
2: was. murderer versus bat murderer. They both kill so many people I in this film. The very first scene, both of them have their very first scene. Superman shoves a guy through four brick walls. No human being can survive that. You can't. Right. He, at Like faster than the guy can pull the trigger, he grabs a guy and pushes him through four brick walls. And I just kept ex- expecting for them to cut to him just covered with that guy's gray matter and brains <laughs> and blood and be like, I saved you, Lois. I was like, oh.
0: Like the Christopher Reeve Supermans and the Christopher Nolan Batmans, they were such inventive filmmaking to show you how these guys kick ass without killing. Right? right
2: and there's there's a, i think a in the in the christopher nolan batman there's even in the third one when um uh what's his name from third rock from the sun what's his name isn't that john, john lithgow no the um the uh who, the guy who becomes robin in the oh, third uh, christopher uh, nolan batman movie. jgl hashtag
1: joseph jgl Gord,
2: yeah, yeah joseph gordon limit yeah joseph gordon limit thank you um he there's like a scene where like he, like Batman's like no guns and then later he's like no he takes a gun and he throws it away and like, you, like the, the no gun thing is a f- I know that in the history in the 70 year history of Batman comics there's like a time or two or maybe you can even find 12 instances where Batman shoots somebody and that's generally because the editor let something through or they thought oh we'll right. try this experiment mm-hmm. this film Batman is the punisher he kills people left and right yeah, when he only, doesn't need to. Only in to. a
1: vehicle. Oh, that makes it okay? <laughs> oh, <and that laughs> only a vehicle dream in dream sequence. Yeah, oh, the a- dream
2: sequences. Can we just talk about that? Oh. Why does a movie that has a guy who can fly, a woman who's immortal and is the daughter of a god or whatever their weird story is gonna be, a fish man, a guy who runs faster than the speed of sound, and um, a guy who's like a robot, and a guy who is a billionaire but dresses up like a bat and beats up poor people, Why do we need dream sequences with these people? (laughs) It is already into the fantastical realm. We don't need dream sequence metaphors to explain to us what is driving these people. (sighs) The weird, like future past future forward like oh, I'm oh, having the, dreams of the future that might happen when Darkseid comes in movie number 12 I was just sitting there just gritting my teeth through this entire sequence because it has nothing to do with Batman
0: versus Superman and, and
1: one of them were also they couldn't even get that right where well wait is this a vision or a dream sequence alright well this one's a dream sequence this one's a vision
0: This is, this a, fever, a, is this a fever. This is this a fever dream? dream it yeah, was
2: a dream is, sequence yeah. inside of a vision I was like okay yeah. well, now we're into inception territory we gotta <laughs> go <laughs> deeper we'll go one level d- deeper into the dream Dream sequences of Batman's dreams. Mm-hmm. What?
3: But Marvel took like five years to lay the groundwork for the Avengers. Right. They're like, we don't yeah,
1: have time for that. Cramp yeah, we don't have time, time for that. Get it going now. Get it going now. Put the trailers in well, the movie.
0: That's the thing. That's, that's the thing that, that's so mystifying is you just want to, you got, like, that, you know, have you watched any of the Marvel movies? Yeah. Like, I, wanted to, I want to sit all these people down and go, D-
1: how? some of the fun would be to re-explore and reinvent that like to you can take that pacing the fans will forgive you it doesn't have to be like right now okay we got we have this movie now now we got to go instantly the Justice League movie you could let these unfold organically the way Marvel did I I don't mind I I can wait yeah they can't yeah exactly because they want the big
2: big bonus right and they want to be able to go look what we did we're bigger than Marvel look how great we are and Mm. break their arm patting themselves on the back and uh, the other problem is People say, oh, the tone of this movie is so dark and grim. I don't mind that. But if the story you're telling me is Superman versus Batman, they can't be both nihilistic murderers. Right. One of them has to, because otherwise they're just pals. Right. (laughs) And all it takes is one magic word, and then they stop fighting, which is what we Mm -hmm. see in that movie, by the way. Mm -hmm. I just wanted some glimmer of Superman they kept saying, oh, Superman, he's like this dangerous menace. Oh, Superman, he's this risk. And I was like, okay, well, none of that is supported. And then we see Superman saving people but he saves everybody, and this again goes to like Snyder's misunderstanding of the character. He saves everybody in these really bizarrely creepy ways.
1: Right, like like hey, look, I'm your savior. Yes, I'm coming to save I'm you. I'm coming
2: down out of the sky very slowly, and he just hovers there, like in those people when they're drowning and their, oh, their yeah. house is being washed. By the way, he they... sits there with his arms crossed, yeah. hovering in front of the sun with his like fifty foot long, impossibly long cape
1: fluttering yeah. in the wind, <laughs> just staring at them
2: as if trying to decide whether or not Superman wants to save this family
1: and the, the trailer you see that scene in the trailer too which is great by the way that family that um, is about to be saved from drowning drew a perfect logo under their uh, under roof, the
2: roof. yeah was it
1: was really it was like wow it was really perfectly
2: well that's why he's, he's trying to decide is it perfect enough for me to save right it? <laughs> like, maybe you might want to redraw the right side you got my dad's logo wrong
3: All right. where's my offering
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give unto me your find price. a virgin
0: <laughs> um, all right well let's uh let's let's go into now we'll
1: go into a spoiler episode we'll get into more specifics yeah, as we uh, specifics. as we progress um
0: all right so let's 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 talk well, let's, about let, you know what let's
1: before we stop let's go around <laughs> real quick and say one thing we liked about the movie
0: uh I'll say neil deGrasse tyson oh that's
2: see that. That brings up one of the problems I had with the movie, which was I am really tired of seeing real news people appear on shows like House of Cards and this movie talking about fake things. Because I think it completely undermines when I see Anderson Cooper on the news telling me what I'm supposed to believe is the real news. And I remember that I just saw him talking about Superman in a Superman movie. It undermines his authority as a news person. I cannot imagine Edward R. Murrow saying, "Oh yeah, look at Batman was seen today." And go like, no. But
1: yeah, <laughs> things I liked about the movie. Mm-hmm.
2: I liked the very little bit of Wonder Woman that I saw. She mm-hmm. was the only thing that I was like, yeah, I'll go with that. That smile that she flashes halfway through the big fight. When someone gives her a good walloping and she stands up and goes like, oh, yeah, this is going to be, this is, this, I, I'm i finally being challenged for the first time in a 100 years and gets back up and wades back into it. I was like, yeah, Wonder Woman. I can't wait, wait right. to see the Wonder Woman movie. All
1: right. Okay. I'll say I thought Ben Affleck um, was the one person in that movie that understood Batman. Like he tried his best to try to kind of get around all the nonsensical direction that he was getting. But you could kind of see in the back of his head like, okay, he gets this character. So I'm hoping that as we progress, he'll make it more his own and he'll be able to actually have a little
3: say in how it goes. Well, considering I have a movie in the theater opposite Batman versus Superman, (laughs) there is nothing that I like about this (laughs) movie.
1: (laughs) You might get some overflow screening.
0: (laughs) Well, let's talk about that. So you guys have a movie uh, that you did called They're Watching. You shot it uh, in Romania, right? Yep. Yep. and it's a it's a horror comedy kind of thing mm-hmm. so go, tell us tell us about how you got the thing how you got the money to make it what the experience was like
2: mm-hmm. well the basic gist is if you've ever seen house hunters international you watch an american expatriate go overseas to a foreign country shop a couple of houses choose one of them buy it and then they flash forward to 3 to 6 months later and you come back and you see their beautiful new life in this wonderful new country where generally they don't speak the language and they don't understand the local customs. And it's kind of this weird sort of celebration of like American cultural imperialism. We're like, (laughs) look how much money we have. And they always say ridiculous things like, I'd really like it to be more authentically Tuscan. And they're like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, I don't want a dishwasher. And they're like, okay, I'll find someplace that's run down so you can live the authentic Tuscan experience <laughs> or like the authentic like French countryside experience where you cook your bread in a, in a, in a brick oven. Like, okay, mm. sure, we'll go look for that. And um, so we just decided we were watching an episode of it one time, my wife and I, and this guy bought a wreck for $25,000. And I just thought, wow, I can't wait to see the reveal. And they went back six months later, and he hadn't done a single thing. <laughs> and it was a mess. And I thought, oh, there's a good movie there somewhere. And then one of the houses he searched, because they show them three, one of the houses he looked at was a summer town, And and the streets were full and bustling, and it looked like a real party zone. And the, and the realtor says, by the way, I just need to warn you, this is a summer town. He goes, I, I don't know, what is that? And she goes, oh, well, um, uh, on like September 15th, all these people go back to work and this town empties out and there's only a hundred inhabitants. And he's like, oh no, then I'm not buying this house. And I thought to myself, how awesome if she hadn't told him that. <laughs> and he, went, he, went, he, went, he was there like September 16th and he looks up and like everybody else is gone. There's only a hundred residents still in the town and they're all like maybe one or two families and they're just looking at this guy who, the stupid tourist who's not going home. What's, what's this idiot's problem? And he's just bumbling around and it's just like automatic cultural conflict. And I thought, oh, there's a great movie in there somewhere. And then I saw another movie, sorry, another episode of the show where a woman moved to Portugal from Australia to be with a guy who clearly wasn't into her. And when they went back six months later, he was not in the picture anymore. And I went, oh, there's my horror movie. The first guy plus this episode equals a woman buys a house in this creepy town where everybody hates her boom and so with that in mind I I, I talked to Jay about it we outlined it we wrote a script we showed it to a couple of uh, uh, producer friends of ours and they were like yeah we could probably raise uh, you know like two million dollars
1: to make that and so mm-hmm. we did and you shot it overseas you shot it, shot, into- what shot was it that in like? Romania
3: shooting, shooting overseas yeah shooting in Romania we were working with an unbelievably experienced crew they'd worked on hundreds of movies um and the thing that's weird about European film industry, at least over there, is that these guys are making nothing but arthouse films. So they, they get their money from various lottery funds, $10,000 from this country, 10000 from that country. Those guys don't want to get their money back. So there's no profit motive in anything they do. And they make these unbelievably beautiful, sensitive, little personal stories. And our movie is this kind of really odd uh, uh, workplace comedy that just turns – Horribly, horribly wrong at the end, mm-hmm. and we wanted to shoot fast and and light. We were moving a million miles an hour. We had comedy. We had improvisation. Mm-hmm. It was all totally strange to them, and it took them about a week, week and a half before they finally understood what we were doing, and they got with the program and and they got into it. But uh, I, like, it was what different.
1: was your? How many days did it take to shoot? Twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. Twenty one days on set. We
2: shot mm-hmm. six day weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day off, and on Jay and I's day off, we would go and sit with an editor and build a, a, a build of the sh- of the movie. Mm-hmm. So we were working seven days a week essentially. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And what do you well, like so now that it's it's out there, so it's where where can people get it exactly?
2: Well, it's uh, it's it's playing through Thursday in twenty one theaters across the United States. Um, you can find out which ones at uh And uh, T-H-E-Y-R-E. And it's on every single uh, place where you can buy a digital movie. We are date and date in theater and on home video. So iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Instant Video, Vudu. You can buy it on YouTube. It's available um, on every cable uh, and satellite on-demand service. And... um, Basically, just, you know, anywhere that you can buy or rent a movie now, you can buy or rent our movie.
0: That's awesome. Oh, great. And then, so now, is there another movie, a sequel, or is there anything like that being talked about? You're just going to wait and see how this does, or?
2: Well, we're going to wait and see how it does. Um, you know, investors, even in something that only costs $2 million, only. It's a ridiculous sentence to say, but it is Hollywood. Um Uh, they want to see their money come back to them before they're like, yeah, let's go make another one of these and lose another $2 Right. (laughs) So so yes, we will see how uh, things play out. Um, With a movie of this sort where we don't have the $150 million ad budget of Batman versus Superman, Mm -hmm. it is very much a a retail hand-selling experience where um, I went to get my wife a new phone yesterday and struck up a conversation with the guy selling me the phone and told him about the movie and he was like oh dude that sounds great i'm going to watch it tonight and i was like yes another 699 in our pocket yeah. <laughs> i mean that is i mean that is that is the game when you are an indie film it's very much uh you know we Uh, are ruthless about watching social media and watching our Facebook page and our Twitter page and looking to see who's sharing the file and then following up and going, where did you see it? If someone says, oh, I saw this movie. I thought it was great. We're like, where did you see it? And they say, oh, I saw it on iTunes. And we're like, please go leave us a review. Right. Because the more reviews you get on iTunes... The more they'll feature it. Mm-hmm. The more they right, feature yeah. mm-hmm. it, and the more traffic that comes in, and it becomes this self fulfilling loop where it's on the front page, and people go, What's that about? And then they read the description, and they're like, Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got a lot of reviews that were, that were uh, good. We got a couple of reviews that were bad. Um, I think that the film is, it's, you've seen it, it's half mm-hmm. comedy, it's half horror, and it's very much a, a 70s style slow burn
1: thriller. Right.
0: With a lot of comedy in it, uh, you know. And the thing too, we were talking about bef- before we started recording today is like I saw it in one of the screenings you guys had, and I know most people are probably going to watch this at home. I would watch it with some friends because I think that helps the experience. Yeah. Because yeah, people I laugh so. in the theater, mm-hmm. like I, I was getting the jokes, I was digging it, and you were not. You were saying like. You can always tell when a reviewer probably watched it on their laptop or something because they were like tuning in and out, and like, well, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. And what is this? Is this found? Like, know, like, we've
1: seen enough movies where we know what to look for. Right. But, but if you have a casual watcher and. When you mix tone and genre the way you guys have done, it's always better to see it as a group. Because especially with comedy, too, it's because it's laughter's infectious. Yeah. yeah. Whether yeah. you're at a comedy club or watching a movie, like, you can all enjoy it together. And so is horror. Like, you know, when you watch you horror- You want to scream together. You yeah, scream yeah. Together. It's, yeah. Absolutely. it's You know, it's the same emotion in a different direction. And that's the
0: thing I did when I saw this movie, was I had some, sp- oh, fuck! Like, yeah. I had a couple of those. Yeah. And then I had some laugh out loud stuff because- um, you are sort of making fun of the found footage thing a little bit, and mm. and and how you guys,
3: I, I, I Hollywood tools, yeah,
0: for Hollywood
1: sure. you to Hollywood <laughs> assholes in there. But it's
3: not a it's not a spoof. No, it's not All a right. satire. I mean, the weird thing about this movie, and and when I say weird, I say it lovingly because we did this intentionally. Is that we wanted to have a movie that was entertaining, that told a story, and did what it did. So it's not like this is a horror movie where we have a mandate to give you dread for two minutes and then blood for a minute and then do that and repeat until the end of the movie. We just do whatever we do. And there's some dread. There is a lot of comedy. Our characters are funny. It's not that Mm -hmm. funny things are happening to them necessarily. They're funny people and they don't stop being funny when stuff starts to get really weird. And then at the end of the movie, it just goes off into very, very strange territory. And I, I promise That if what you're after, if that button on your forehead says, push me to give me blood, you're going to get it. You're going to get gallons and buckets (laughs) of blood at the end of this movie. But you will have to wait.
2: It's interesting how some of the critics – like when you look at our bad reviews – the, the first category of bad reviews is they, go, they start with the sentence, I hate found footage movies. And I'm like, well, stop reading now yeah. because right. they, there's nowhere they can go. but And I hate this one too.
3: Mm-hmm. But we're not a found footage movie. We're not. Yeah.
2: But we have the appearance from the outside of being a found footage movie. The difference being like most found footage movies, the conceit is that the police have found these, this camera on the side right. of the road and they're watching it back to find out what happened to these people.
1: Well, it's easier to say than uh, cinema verte.
2: Yeah, or we call it a first-person thriller. Yeah. <laughs> where these, these people are filming their own murders and um, at the end of it, one of them is a survivor and that person is just enough of a dirtbag to edit it all together and put a score over it to explain to their boss why the entire crew is right. dead. All and, right, and, well, the,
1: why don't we do a new term? This isn't awkward at all. Faux cinema verte. Sure. <laughs> no, that, it just, it just it rolls off the
2: tongue. Yeah, yeah,
0: put that on the movie poster. That's perfect. <laughs>
2: The, the, the funniest review I've seen was somebody said, it's like the Blair Witch Project if Bill Murray did it. And I was like, I'll take that.
1: <laughs>
0: well, that's the thing. And I think what, the thing that's, that's cool pretty good. When, when you, but this is also, the cool thing of, of, of doing low budget where you're, you're mixing different genres is you kind of, contr- you guys can, like you say, we don't have to do these beat for beat horror. We don't have to do this type of comedy. We can sort of mix it in, and I, which is great. And that's why I like, Low-budget stuff because you can kind of do whatever you want. But then sometimes some people just don't get it.
2: Oh, like, well. just, We've had a lot of people not get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so they're, they're just mad that there's not, like, 90 minutes of throat slitting. Right. right. That's the other sort of negative review I get. Oh, the gore people, hounds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the they gore want hounds. They want, it, they want nothing but gore. And when they saw the word horror attached to it, they right. thought – Oh, this will be horror movie where people are like, "Ha ha, I'm slitting your throat!" Ha ha, and that's not what our movie is. Right, and so they're frustrated by that. And then, like I said, I it's understand slow that burn. for
1: sure. This is what happened to Asylum when they didn't rebrand it as the horror comedy. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, this is your this is your marketing strategy to fool horror.
2: We wouldn't let our our distributor do that. We refused. They kept saying, "Oh, we're going to go out to all the horror sites and tell them it's the scariest movie ever." And we were like, "No, wow!" Because if you do that, people will get mad. You were still talking
1: to your production company.
2: Yeah, I think I think um, you saw that with the Babadook (laughs) and with the Witch. Yes, where they cut trailers that were like, "This is the scariest movie you've ever seen in your life," Mm. and you go, and it's a woman shrieking for ninety minutes, and people are like, "This movie is the worst movie I've ever seen." Um, we, we, we chose not to try to pretend to people mm-hmm. that it was something that it wasn't. And when you look at the movies that we you were know what? inspired That's by. That's
1: a great idea. I know. <laughs> <laughs> to not bait and switch a moviegoer. <laughs> I, I,
2: I guess if we'd done the other thing, maybe we'd make more money. I don't know. I don't, I just don't think, I think it's dishonest to lie to your audience. We, we were inspired by movies like the original Wicker Man, by
1: the original Straw Dogs. Oh, with the, um, the Equalizer? Yeah, and yeah. Edward yeah. Woodward Edward is the, um you know, <laughs> going on here, yes. <laughs> the, the, the,
2: um And by the original Straw Dogs, Dustin Hoffman yeah. pouring boiling water in British people's faces when they try to climb in through his windows. Mm-hmm. Um, movies from the 70s that, they make you understand who the characters are and why they will then react in the ways they react when you get to that moment where they have to react. And these days it's like, Everybody who doesn't like our movie seems to, they come down to this idea that, okay, yeah, just introduce the characters and then start killing them off. And we were like, no, we want you to understand who these people are and, and know why you should care about them. And, you know, a lot of the good reviews we've gotten, people say, holy cow, I actually cared about the characters in a horror movie.
3: And uh, I don't want them to die rather than, right. I, j- I can't wait to see how this yeah, one dies. And exactly. I can't wait <laughs> right. to see how that uh, one dies. Now, I,
1: I have a kind it's of an, a snuff film. An
3: inside,
1: <laughs> I have a kind of like an inside baseball. Um, just question on the logistics like when you raise the money it's contingent upon shooting in a certain place usually um and it also like when you shoot in a certain place you get these tax credits and stuff what are the things what are the elements you can bring with you and what are the things you have to hire locally like are there rules like you have to use obviously local crew but you have to use like local editors or local visual effects like what how does that break down
2: romania has no tax credits
1: okay um, so it was easier than to it mix was, and match.
2: Yeah, we we basically brought the the above the line talent, meaning the writer directors, me and Jay, mm-hmm. and six actors with us. Right. Uh, our cinematographer. Our we had a really strong co producer over there who hired everybody below the line, mm-hmm. and um, she's really well respected. She's been in the business for thirty years, and um, she is you know she's a real iron hard ass but everybody there respects her because she's not corrupt and when we were warned very early on by our production attorney he said don't do business in eastern europe unless it's with somebody you've worked with before or with somebody who you've worked with recommends because they worked with them Mm -hmm. and that's a really high hurdle to mount Um, And we were lucky enough to get a great recommendation from somebody who we had worked with before who had worked with her. And he was like, this woman's honest. It's great. And the reason I mention all that is because Eastern Europe is awash in corruption. Every time we shot in a city, the local mayor would come out with his handout. There's a line item in the budget called black money. Mm -hmm. And that's where all the bribery goes, where you pay the cops off to not hassle you. Or you pay the local mayor to not send the police to hassle you. And she, our, our co-producer over there, is like, I don't play the black money. I don't play this game. And we were like, what is the black money? I haven't. <laughs> and finally somebody took me aside and explained it. And it, they were like, oh, you know, is, you know, she makes lots of enemies because she doesn't pay the black money. And I'm like, she shouldn't pay the black money. None of you should pay the black money. This is ridiculous that this is such a thing as the black money. And it's a line item in in, in movie budgets or any budget. And so I, I think we really lucked out by finding a, a good local person there who was able to assemble a team. Now, we went in, we met everybody, we interviewed them all, made sure that they weren't you know dummies or whatever. Mm. Um, and uh, they basically, you know, we worked with them. We had several weeks of pre-production there where we went through the building and the designing of props, costume sets, everything, uh, picking locations. Um, you know, I wish we'd gotten 30 percent of the budget back from Romanian tax credits, but they're not there yet as far as a country goes.
3: Mm-hmm. To, to that point, we actually priced out making the movie in several different countries that did have those kinds of tax mm-hmm. benefits. Mm-hmm. And what we discovered is that the prices for their services were inflated by exactly the amount oh, it would take to completely negate whatever tax refund you would get. Mm-hmm. So and, and then you might not get it. If the money is spent on other productions, like Game of Thrones comes in and sucks up all of the money in that country and then. So it's a limited amount.
1: Yeah, Croatia
3: has like
2: X number of dollars set aside, like, you know, $40 million every year. Game of Thrones walks in and they just eat the entire budget. Uh huh. And they get that forty million dollars, and then anybody who comes in later that year gets zero dollars. Oh, wow! And um, you know, they want Game of Thrones. That's a TV show. So They're going to be here every doing, year. So know, a
1: Comic Con thing. It's like you know, only five per dealer. You know, <laughs> right? You know?
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
3: <laughs> No, you're I mean, gonna, I, I get, love Game of Thrones. The idea that you're going to walk into Eastern Europe and do a cash back deal. Right. It's like, no, give me my money, money back up front. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Right now, thank you. And
2: that, that, can ba- that can backfire you on you even here in the United States. I mean, Michigan canceled their tax credits halfway through um, the filming of several movies. And then in Texas, uh, Robert Rodriguez made a movie – And Rick Perry was like, I don't like the the political content of your movie. There's a machete sequel. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't like the – it's too political for me, so I'm just not going to give you the tax credits. Oh,
1: my God. And he took
2: took the state of Texas to court. I don't know what the – I think it's probably still winding its way through court. But he had to sue them to get the millions of dollars in tax credits that they had promised him that they were going to give him. So it's not like it's like an automatic thing. Right. And, you know –
0: But Texas is kind of like Eastern Europe. (laughs)
2: Oh well, it, it, is, it, it is. It is. It is funded. It is funded by oil, and it is a wash in corruption. So yes, it is exactly. <laughs> <like> it was-
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, so check it out, guys. They're watching. Um, let's move on to uh, DVDs. DVDs and
1: Blu-rays. The Hateful Eight is now out.
0: I loved that movie. So
1: yeah, I was very lukewarm on it. I didn't. it was not. Definitely not my favorite Tarantino movie.
0: I, li- I liked it. Um, if you, as we talked about it didn't Need to be shot in 70 millimeter because the half mm. most of the movies,
2: yeah, are it out. was in a cabin. I get the Christy like one act play,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so if you didn't see it in the theater, it's it was, fine. Yeah, watch it, was, it on DVD yeah, at home, yeah. you'll be
1: fine. It was Stagecoach. If Stagecoach happened in one room, <laughs> yes. yes, well, Stagecoach kind of did happen in one room, yeah, <laughs> just inside
2: the, the stagecoach. stagecoach. yeah. Sure.
0: Uh, also Concussion. I, I yep. saw this movie, I liked it. I wrote a mm-hmm. whole article about you know CTE and mm. the NFL and. It's worth watching. I th- I thought I thought it was a decent film and I think like there's great uh I liked Alec Baldwin in it. I liked um what's his name? Uh who played the ball Will Smith. Will Smith. Well yeah, yeah. he's good. <laughs> but the um The Woman Who Plays His Wife is good and So
1: not Jada Pinkett
0: Smith. No. <laughs> no. no, not his actual wife. <laughs> uh well she i think she plays his wife at she plays science, his wife yeah, at scientology, scientology. events uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, but yeah there's some. There, i i like this film if you and you played it, high school ball yes and you
2: have several of these brain injuries from that i could have i could very
0: well have it that was one of the things i put in my article that's on comedyfilmers.com is an article came out right around the time of this movie saying that they've even found it in people that played high school football so that's great so that's good to know um <laughs> So, uh, and how the NFL covered it up, and, and um, I give the movie credit for buying ad time during NFL games and shit like that. So, if you didn't see it in the theaters, it's worth watching. Hmm. It's worth watching.
1: And Point Break is a movie, none of the oh. remake, we all missed it. Uh, it wasn't in the theater this.
0: for very long. No, it wasn't. It, I'm, uh, wait, it's gotta came be on a went. plane. I'm gonna fly yeah, somewhere, it's gotta be on a, a, plane. Be on a plane somewhere. Mm-hmm. It has to be.
1: That's how I
2: saw Man of Steel. Yeah, Jay and I were flying home from Romania mm-hmm. and I said I'm gonna watch this Superman movie and Jay was like oh good luck and mm-hmm. I started because I avoided it on purpose in, in theaters because I saw what it was going to be right. and 40 minutes into it I nudged him and I go look where I am and he goes what do you mean? he goes what You're like 40 minutes in the movie I go, look, Krypton look where we are <laughs> we're still on Krypton 40 minutes in we're like oh my god they haven't even sent him to earth yet this yeah. film is gonna take me forever to get through and it, it did yeah well at least it got you across the Atlantic
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what that movie.
1: Best did. place to see uh, plane movies is uh, you know because we always talk about like you know plane movies are the ones. Well, who has the lowest license fee? That's how we get them on the yeah, airplane. Yeah. Yes,
0: <laughs> who's in some sort of license <laughs> fee bundle? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they just go, they go to someone and they're like, uh, I
2: think there's too many f bombs for us to be on planes, right? We'd have to go in and dub it all. Like, what the freaking freak are you freaking freaking in here, Jesus? freaking. I don't know,
0: dude. Now these these like United has uh, you go in their app. If the plane has Wi Fi, you can just watch movies. And there's I'm just wa- there's like sex scenes and crazy shit happening, and I'm just like, wow. I'm just sitting there on the movie, beating on. I mean, it's. Like <laughs> uh, I
1: need
0: a excuse me. Well, uh, I need
1: a, I need a blanket. Yeah. A a napkin. Napkin. <laughs> well you're paying extra for economy plus hey, right. Yeah, yeah. that's what that extra legroom is for so yeah. you can stretch out I'm as you get all flyer. tense I'm a
0: flyer if I can't yeah. whip my crank out then yeah. coach I'm already, if, you're, if I'm not getting upgraded well then I'm fuck yeah. you I'm rubbing one out that's yeah. how it's going to shake down yep.
1: <laughs> they should expect that it's their
2: job is to <laughs> clean up my lap Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault
1: um so now the site spotlight and the fan feedback, you could go to the site. Uh, there are some lovely Batman versus Superman written reviews from Neil. There is a hilarious one from Rick Myers as oh, well.
0: Rick Myers. Uh, In his email, he goes, this was better than going to therapy. He just yeah. he just <laughs> some hot venting on this. I
1: think the opening line is uh, Warner Brothers thinks you're stupid. Yeah. Is uh, uh, the opening line of the uh, review. He's not wrong. No. Uh, and uh, our, our biggest poster on the message board he kind of did a wrap up of all the negative reviews because he said he hasn't seen the movie he won't go see the movie but he's been thoroughly entertained by listening to all the podcasts and reading the reviews online and has kind of collated all of the negative (laughs) comments together in one message board post so So can I ask you a serious question about this movie
2: is it worse than Batman and Robin wow
1: that's a good question
2: man that's a really good question because you know, I we, feel like it's better than Batman and Robin. Pro- I don't think it's the worst Batman movie ever it made. It may it. not you're, be. You're, you're, you're right. Batman be,
0: and yeah. Robin is horrifying. I mean, it's, it's... It's
2: garish. It's stupid. It has all the same plot problems, but worse. And it's got Arnold Schwarzenegger going, oh, I'm going to fleece you
0: up, uh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. ba- Batman and Robin is like Batman meets Starlight Express. <laughs> is really yeah. what uh, what that movie was. <laughs> Doug Benson
0: had my favorite joke when that movie came out of all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's stupid freeze puns. <laughs> Doug goes, it's so bad. He's like, do you want to um, be a stalactite? I thought you stalagmite.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they were so straining for, bat, for freeze puns oh. in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just... Okay. I, think right. about, I would agree with that. Not yeah, the worst Batman movie. Not the movie. worst Batman movie ever. I, I, I did not like it, but I, I recognize that it could have been worse. Yes. Which but is it, a sad statement about the, the modern system of movie making. But it doesn't have evil intent,
3: and I think that may be the big difference. Maybe that's what's wrong with the new movie.
2: Well, I read recently that, that Zack Snyder is an objectivist, that he can't wait to make the Atlas Shrugged movie. <laughs> and when you know that, when you know that he's an Anne Randian, Suddenly, it all makes sense. There's a reason that Superman's like, "Man, eh, maybe I won't help you," because he's going galt on humanity, and like it all like lines up. Like, there's Ugh. no person who's truly like a super person who is who is pure, well, because nobody in the Ayn Rand universe is a pure person who who helps other people because that's filthy socialism.
1: Well, it's it's really great too when uh, you make a movie and everyone's a nihilist. Then you're like, <laughs> oh wow, this is really entertaining.
0: Yeah. You got to stop. They gotta, versus, they versus
1: gotta, super Murderer versus yeah. they
0: got to build a wall around uh, uh, Zack
1: Snyder, or, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so get premiering Holly this you week, pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> everything comes back to Trump. yeah God's Not Dead Two. That is the
2: that's so much better than God's Not Dead One. Oh, well, you
1: know there was a big demand for the sequel, <laughs> and now I, I think I actually saw Netflix presents. Uh, God, God, is even not deader in this one. Yes. <laughs> Um, If you enjoyed the first one, chances are you're itching for the sequel. Uh, The next movie is Meet the Blacks. This I found absolutely fascinating when I saw this trailer because it's a a Purge parody, but it actually says The Purge and all the rules from The Purge are in it. So they are really relying heavily on the protection of the uh, parody laws in this country. And just praying that Jason Blum, who I think is the smartest
2: and probably one of the most powerful producers in town right now, doesn't just decide to sue them just for shits and giggles,
1: and yeah, and just to like you know create it so it can't be released until it gets resolved. Like I know
2: I can't win this, but
1: I'll sue right. you just to yeah. make you bleed. This will be a nuisance lawsuit, yeah, uh, because I want to create a nuisance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a weird thing. I really felt like it was. It feels like remember that movie uh, Escape from Tomorrow when that came out like uh, Disney decided it was shot surreptitiously in the Disney parks and oh, yeah, Disney yeah. decided you know what we're just going to ignore it because if we do sue it and stuff then there'll be a big deal more people mm-hmm. will see it and sure enough why they give were them right. free publicity yeah exactly because it was not a good movie and it it faded away very quickly yeah. so I, I really think there'll be that conversation at Bloom headquarters <laughs> <laughs> But it, it, I mean, the movie doesn't even look that funny or that that good. That's what's weird. At first, it's set up like a uh, like almost like a Black Beverly Hillbillies, where it's like you know here's the you know the black people moving into Beverly Hills, and then oh no, it's Purge night, and like wait, what's going on? Now? The minute they said the yeah. Purge, I was sitting yeah. in the theaters, and
2: I just turned to the person I was seeing the movie with, and I said, "Did they just scoop Purge three? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What? That's so. It's just an affront." If I was the producer of The Purge, I would be like, yeah, maybe we just zoom just for just just to make life hard for him.
1: Right, it may still but, happen.
0: But if you, but you're right.
1: But though. then you're the yeah. bad guy, and you're the right. bad
0: guy, and you'll get you. But everyone will go see it. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Everyone will go see it. Um, so,
1: and the next movie is Everybody Wants Some. This is the new Richard Linkletter '80s movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm such a big fan of his. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go see it. Literally, without knowing anything about the characters or the story, don't care. It's a Richard Linklater movie. Uh, I'm going to be on board. i really looking forward to this. He just, there. no one creates slice of life in specific eras the way he does.
2: I think so. he's also brilliant at one specific thing, which is discovering new talent. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true, and too. And this film does not have a single face I've ever seen before. Mm. Right. It. Then how did it get distributed? I think just on the on the strength of his name, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of
1: yeah. It's like you know because he's not getting that pressure. Like, well, no, you gotta put, um, Gail Godot or whoever it is who's right. the name in no, it now. Well, she no, she wasn't a name either, but yeah. you know, th- yes, they.
2: That's one of the things that we discovered when making this movie is that um, Hollywood is extremely resistant to anything that they haven't seen before, and they're extremely resistant to anything that doesn't have famous people and is therefore pre sold in it. Yeah. And uh, our film is both cuz we used right. great actors mostly had worked in television. Right. And so and because the television that they had done like the Tudors or army wives both of those shows although you know really big giant fan bases are invisible to the core demographic for right. horror which yes. is young men 18 to 34 like what yeah, guy Yeah, they're not watching. Yeah, army what army guy wives. watches army yeah. wives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's fantastic. But getting her core audience of people who watched Army Wives
3: to come see her in this movie, it's like, oh,
2: I don't know if I want to see a horror movie well, where poor it's, it's Bridget Branagh gets killed. Mm-hmm. by the
3: fact that everyone has told us we're not allowed to use a human face in our poster because they're not super famous faces. So you can't show them at all? We can't show any of those people. Oh, my God. Because it's like an admission that we failed right. to get a star in our movie, which we weren't trying to do. Yeah.
2: And we, we cast that way the same way that Richard Linklater did for this movie, which is we wanted people who were perfect for the role, not people who were like, oh, that guy's famous. I've seen him in something. I'll go see that movie. Like, we wanted people who were good for the role. Mm -hmm. And they were all great. Every single person who walked Mm -hmm. in who got the job was somebody who was the best at doing that. Right. And I, this idea that, like, you've got to build it the other way where you're like, okay, I'll get Jennifer Lawrence, and then because I have Jennifer Lawrence, and I can get Jeremy Renner, and because I've right. got Jeremy Renner, so-and-so has a competition going with Jeremy Renner, and he wants to be in every movie that Jeremy Renner's in so he can show up Jeremy Renner. And so i does be the in agent that. have?
1: Yeah, yeah you know, like, exactly. You know, who, who
2: and then it becomes right, a package yeah. deal where CAA's right. is like, "Well, we'll just here's your new cinematographer," and you're like, "Oh, uh, okay." And they're like, "Oh, and here's your here's your writer, and here's your director, and we're gonna just pack it to the gills." Like the guy playing the waiter is also one of the CAA's clients, and you know that that movies get made that way. But are they the best way to make a movie? I don't. I don't think yeah. that it probably is. So I'm very excited to see everybody
1: wants some. And uh, midnight special actually goes wide. Now, yeah, this, Neil I've heard great things about this. this movie. I want to see it. Uh, yeah, I want to see it too. So that's a lot of stuff to. Uh,
0: that's our avoid episode in that's the uh, <laughs> in the theaters
2: and, to avoid. and a few things to see. And you have Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to see. their watching in 21 theaters around around the nation, and another like. 90 days on on demand in iTunes. Now, can you, know, you uh, if you can, haven't
0: seen Batman Superman, go see the go give an independent filmmaker yes. your money. Don't give Zach whatever the fuck, Zack Snyder, both him and his wife, yeah. Or if like you, it, you seen,
3: if you did see it, it. cleanse your palate, yeah, yes. <laughs> a, a good movie. Uh, now, can you, uh, can <laughs> you kind of,
1: uh, kind of push the hype machine a little bit saying, well, it's only in theaters and for a couple days, then it got banned.
0: Yeah,
2: like, sh-
1: yeah.
0: yeah yeah there we go well you know what's funny we is were protesting <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. Organization.
2: the movie is set in moldova we filmed it in romania which is right, right next door moldova and romania have like this traditional uh rivalry because moldova was a state of romania and then stalin like sectioned it off and made it in its own country and after the berlin wall fell romania was like come home be part of romania again and moldova was like mm, no thanks We like being Moldovan. Mm. And then Romania's economy took off and Moldova's economy went down the drain. And now they're like the Easter they're like the Mississippi of Eastern Europe, which is already Eastern Europe is the Mississippi of Europe. (laughs) And so they're like the Mississippi of the Mississippi. And they a couple of years ago held a plebiscite where they're like, We want to be part of Romania again. And that time Romania was like, nah. (laughs) <laughs> you can just be your own little country. Yeah, so they chance. they despise one another. And when the trailer premiered for our movie online, you know, we say, you know, here in the eastern country of Moldova, our Moldova is a fake Moldova. We're making fun of like American views of foreigners as being all right. these like weird primitive screw heads. And actual Moldovans saw our trailer and got furious at us on YouTube. And they're like, this is not Moldova. Here, I will link to you to pictures of no Moldova. And we're like, we know that's not what Moldova is. And then the other thing that was really great was we saw like all these comments where they're like, typical Hollywood Jew lies about Moldova. And we were like, oh, awesome. And then my other favorite guy was like, I hate this movie. It makes us all look like dirty gypsies, which is like their whole like, like you know, Trump doesn't like Mexicans. Eastern Europeans hate Gypsies. No right. matter what country you go to, and they were like, "Oh, they make us look like Gypsy." Is worst thing on earth to look like Gypsy. So like <laughs> that's why they didn't like us. It was very
3: interesting to see all that. The goodness for us is that there are two of us. So if the Moldovans come over here and kill one of us, there will still be one left to get rich. Yeah, yes.
1: <laughs> all the publicity we get.
3: That's great. You've
1: yeah, got I'm a great marketing. Strategy. So now it's just a waiting game.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We oh, no, <laughs> I'm not waiting. Yeah, I, I've sent out the money. <laughs> it's
0: happening tonight. Um, all right, guys, we'll check out there watching. That's our show. Um, and tell me, tell us the website again where people can find it. They'rewatchingmovie.com. Sweet. Um, all right, guys, uh, uh, check out Chris's Kickstarter. Long ago and far away. Yes, First. Please. Yes, first, Micah, Micah was first. Fight to be second?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so whoever's second, make sure you uh, comment and use the word fuck. So I'd like to see <laughs> at least the first five comments with the word fuck in it. That All would right, be awesome. Yeah. right, I'm in. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> fuck you, I'm four. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> whoever's number five is a fucking yeah, yeah, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right on. I, uh, let's see. I will be at... Um, at, uh, I will be in Lake Havasu this Wednesday and Thursday, uh, the 30th and 31st. And then uh, April 7th, Joe Wagner and I are doing our first ever Pop Divas podcast live at the Hollywood Improv at the Lab. That's these They're starting to do these sort of happy hour podcasts. That's uh, April 7th at 6 p.m. They're free. Uh, it's just an hour. Come in and check that out. And then, of course, I will be in uh, headlining the Improv at Harris in Las Vegas uh, April 19th through 24th. Yeah, that was very cool. Check it out, guys, and thanks for listening. And, of course, as we always say, uh, vote with your dollars, and then any sort of positive reviews, likes, you know, positive reviews on iTunes, man, always helps. Uh, Get us back up in the rankings. Yes. Um, All right, you guys, uh, thank you once again to Jay Lender and Micah Wright. My name is Graham Melwood.
1: And I'm Chris Mancini, and as always, remember, Han Han shot
3: first. first.
0: Superman's a pussy. (laughs) And a murderer.
3: (laughs)